0: Teams that are more diverse, much higher likelihood to understand the target market, right, and the demographics of who they're selling to. There's so many ways you can slice this. Um, companies that are more diverse, are paying more failure, are you know retaining higher levels of talent than ever before, uh, increased job satisfaction, and increased performance overall.
1: Hi, friends, welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Daniela Belair. Daniela is the chief revenue officer at Diversio, and they produce an interesting SaaS application that enables companies to become more successful by becoming more diverse and inclusive organizations. In our conversation, Daniela and I dig into the challenges of selling a product that addresses what is a real opportunity for a company, but as well, it's a product that really shines a spotlight on a company's shortcomings and some critical dimensions, including the very culture of that organization. So we talk about the challenges of having these conversations about change and the value of diversity with decision makers, and how to use storytelling to investigate and make the business case for it. We also dive into some of the most interesting objections they hear from their potential buyers. So we get into all this and much, much more. But before we get to Daniela, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So thank you for help with that, and let's jump into it with Daniela Belair. Daniela, welcome back to the show.
0: Hey, Andy, good to see you again. Thanks for having me.
1: It's great to see you again. So, uh, you've changed roles in life, and, and actually in multiple ways since we yes. last spoke. Right? Your only your position, but also your uh, role as a parent is new. So, tell us a little bit about you and what you're doing.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. So your bang on um, parent uh, this year also changed roles. So I was at Shopify for the last three years, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. And I most recently joined Diversio. We're a DEI uh, software platform company, and I'm chief revenue officer for the organization. And so it's very exciting.
1: And this is your first time as a CRO, right?
0: Correct. This is first CRO gig, running the show, go to market. So fun. So fun. And back to startup uh, from from a larger company. And I was at a startup prior to Shopify, which is also a really good time. It feels good to be back home.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, gosh, what a perfect time to be your first CRO gig. You know, the economy is just chugging along smoothly. (laughs) Yeah. Growth. I mean, couldn't ask for anything better.
0: Obviously. Yeah. This is easy gig to walk into. Easy product to sell in this environment. And Uh, smooth sailing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, tell us about your child first.
0: Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, so we had a little girl. Her name's Penelope. She's
1: Penelope. adorable. Nice, great. name. Yes.
0: I now understand everyone who says, you know, all you're ever going to have are photos of your child on your phone. It's a fact. First it was the dog. Now it's the child. Oh, Nobody yeah. else that, exists.
1: That, yeah. That, 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 that four-legged child, you know, importance in the, the hierarchy changes quite a bit. Yes. When the child comes down. <laughs>
0: Totally. Uh, That was a harsh reality for her. So yeah, it's, it's been fabulous. Thank you for asking. It's been really good. Um, And it's nice. I'm still in a work from home role. The company is sort of remote first. So I still get the opportunity to check in on her during the day, which is really cool.
1: Excellent. Excellent. All right. So, well, let's, let's talk about Diversio because yeah, it's, it's a different, a different space, an interesting product. It's certainly sort of a new field. So, explain what the the product does.
0: Yeah, of course. So, um, we're DEI experts. We're also experts, um, you know, in, in not just the data, but um, in a bit of the consulting component that comes with DEI. Um, you know, I would I would frame us as sort of a people intelligence platform. So we measure, we track, um, and we improve diversity, equity, and inclusion within our proprietary software. And through that data uh, within an organization, you're able to sort of benchmark where you are in the world of DEI, not just uh, internally where you want to be against a target, but also yourself against the market, um, which is really cool.
1: And How do you gather that information? What other companies are doing DEI wise? Uh,
0: that's secret sauce. We can't tell you. Um, but, <laughs> but we, uh, we have a proprietary software. Um, we've put it together. It benchmark is, so we,
1: we sell is the B2B public information sources or correct. Anything? We are.
0: Yeah. So AI, we're sort of trolling, getting different data inputs and then sort of putting it together and packaging it as our own. Um, but we sell the B2B and we also sell the VC. Those are sort of the two, um, big personas. And mm-hmm. so, very interesting perspectives there on the type of data that comes in um, and sort of the ICP that we're working with.
1: Got it. And so, yeah, so just sort of functionally, just before we start getting into broader about go-to-market and so on is, is, is yeah, how's the data captured internally? It's just from your, I mean, I, certainly you can sort of see diversity from a hiring standpoint, but, you know, the equity and inclusion seem like a little more difficult. So how do you, how do you do that?
0: Yeah, so um, we deploy out as soon as we launch with a, with a client. and We're mostly working with large sort of multinational enterprises We're in mm-hmm. 35 countries across the globe. We'll deploy out a survey. And so with that survey, we get all of the in-house data. There's questions around different types of um, infographic and demographic information. Mm-hmm. Everything is anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really important to our customers. It's also really important to the employees of those customers. Right. And then we aggregate all of that data. We aggregate all of the questions there's also um, open form fields which is really interesting and so we'll ask you know is there anything the questions didn't get to that you want to share and you'd be very surprised all the things that come out in in an open form field and so our ai will scrape that information make sure that it's completely anonymous when it gets socialized to the customer and then it'll actually put up um, all the information it'll aggregate it and then it will also provide insights and recommendations. And so it'll say, hey, based on this score and how you landed of people of color in the way that they feel represented or treated or mm-hmm, the way that they mm-hmm. think about you know, their career progression, here are the recommendations and the insights that we recommend. And so that's where the consulting component of the platform comes in, um, which is really great. So we're not just surfacing the data to you and, and putting it at the forefront, but we're also helping you make the improvements and walking you through the journey because it can be a complicated journey, and not all organizations right. know where to start.
1: Yeah, and not an overnight journey either, right? I mean, it's no. something that a commitment to time because it's something that yeah you're never you're never there there you're always in progress.
0: Exactly, it's not hey I'm gonna hey I'm gonna you know we have a DEI uh, you know impact and sustainability model that we're pushing at it's not just here's the data, It's here's the data, here's what we're doing about it. And so that could be anywhere from a multi-year to, you know, a, a very long journey depending on the customer. Um, but it's it's a really rewarding space to be in, and we're seeing very meaningful impact and change within the companies we work with. And, I mean, that that means a lot, not just for those customers and those employees, but for, for the world we live in, and, and that's the goal.
1: So how, how do you sort of go to market on this because – yeah, it's, I don't know, I think in most, I think a lot of companies, A, there's probably some, you know, inherent resistance to it and and B, is it's one of those things is like really good data on the ROI and payback for it.
0: Totally. Yeah. So, you know, that's part of what, what honestly got me a little bit excited about the opportunity. It's, it wasn't as straightforward or clear cut. I think to me it was, but I think to a lot of companies, it probably mm. isn't at first. And so I think there's a couple of reasons why a company would look at this platform. One, they had a situation where they didn't look the best. And so now they're sort of scrambling. And, and that's the worst case scenario and saying like, hey, we need to implement something around DE&I. Um, and so we, ha- we have some of those scenarios where the value clearly pays off because they're coming to us with a pain point. We don't have to sort of cut them with the, the sales positioning.
1: Right. The, right. the board said you need to do something or there was some totally. yeah, public incident. The with
0: Public it something. Day. Exactly. Yeah. So there's yeah. that. And we do have those and, and we've done really well with, with those customers. And then, of course, there's as you're thinking about the, the go to market model, it, it's a bunch of from a full funnel perspective. It's a lot of education. It's a lot of awareness early days. And mm. listen, at the end of the day, you know this as well as I do. Not everybody is going to be on board. Um, For product like this or an initiative like this, and that's totally fair. We're targeting the companies and we're targeting the people within those organizations that um, feel as though this is important and feel as though this is something worth exploring, and then building out the ROI to back that up. And and so there's there's a bunch of data out there. I mean, not going to quote a bunch of data, but um, there are a bunch of things that sort of speak to. Like this isn't a nice to have, right? Yeah. Um, and so like one in three, for example, one in three millennials um, have already left their company for a more inclusive one. 49% yeah. say they're going to leave in the next two years. And so as we think about how do we attract great talent? How do we retain our talent? How do we promote more of a diverse representation um, you know, that we see in the world within each of these companies? Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of the, the ROI that we're leaning on. And then there's impact in the business genuinely. Um,
1: and yeah, so- Studies on that, the that, you know, come. As diversity increases, you know, companies' performance improves, whether it's, you know, the bottom totally. line or the top line. Totally.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I would imagine, though, when you get into the dynamics of selling this internally, that just my mental model is, is, you know, there's probably a greater appetite for this lower in the organization. And as you move higher up in the organization where decisions are made, there's going to be more skepticism and resistance. And so it seems like they're really interesting, at least, and you could tell me I'm completely wrong on this, but, but it seems like there's no sort of uh, bottoms up sort of push when you, when you're selling to a larger enterprise or do I have that wrong?
0: So, yeah, I mean, listen, um, it's a bit of a two-prong approach. I think historically, yes, it probably would have been a bottoms up. I think there's so much education and awareness out there, and this is sort of becoming more of a thing in every organization. They're putting up sort of these reports on DEI and their stance on DEI. Um, Even startups are starting to do this now, not just large Mm -hmm. organizations. And so I see this and and we see this as a two-prong approach. Our ICP is actually sort of a CHRO um, ahead of DEI. And so over the last six years, you're kind of seeing that DEI role become more prominent in the executive team and someone that's sort of leveraged by the CHRO or the CEO or the COO to sort of make some of these decisions. And so that could mean there's budget pre-carved out for something like this, whether it's our tool or they're thinking of an employee engagement product, mm-hmm. um, or we're making the case to those individuals to create budget for it um, in the upcoming year. And so those conversations go very well. They're at a high level. They're strategic. Um, you know, they're, they're enterprise-based, mostly in nature. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you get... Um, people within the company, I call that sort of a bit of a groundswell within the organization that are saying we need this thing, or, you know, I don't feel great here. Or maybe they're seeing to my point earlier, something that's happening in the business that's indicating they need to start investigating this. And we might just hit them at the right time with our outreach, you know, in our positioning and we get lucky in that sense. But I think overall, um, a persona or a buyer has to be somewhere in that awareness journey for them to start momentum with us, um, you know, or early days, it's it's a lot of education and awareness on why this is important. You know, this isn't a MarTech product that, uh, you know, super easy to consume, super easy to understand. This is something that there has to be true buy-in on. And to your point, it's not going to be every organization, but I think we could change that.
1: Well, yeah, especially if if what the surveys are showing is that 49% of of you know one of the younger cohorts in the workforce is saying, Yeah, because of the lack of diversity, we're thinking that within the next couple of years we're probably gonna move. And inclusion of lack of diversity is is that's pretty significant.
0: Yes. Yeah, so and you think about what's happening in the workforce. There it was actually on the on the news last night nationally. Um, you know, as, as boomers retire, who's coming in to fill these jobs? Who's coming in as top talent in organization? Who are now going to be coming into these leadership roles over the next 5, 6, 10 years? That's a generation that cares about equity and inclusion and diversity in the workplace. And so I think we're just on the cusp and we're just getting started in our mission. And that is very exciting. Um, as more people in positions of power find this important and or are part of a, a group that is underrepresented and now has a chance to really make meaningful change in the organization, that gets me really excited.
1: Yeah, and I, and more data, I think, too, about especially will come from more companies using a system like yours, and then you know the the industry wide data and so on. It's just because some people just have to hit across the head with a two by four and say, "Look, not only is this important, you know, on one level, you know, we want to give people uh, equal chances and equal chances to succeed and and careers is." is It's good for business, right? It's It's From a sales standpoint, it's like, okay, the last figure I'd seen was like 65% of enterprise sales roles were filled by white men. Well, it's like not taking advantage of the talents of the majority of the population (laughs) that exists. It's like, how does that make business sense? Right? People selling, and you and I talked about this before we started recording, it was such a human element of sales is that diverse set of lived experiences is so important to bring into this because, you know, that's what people are buying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, yeah. I mean, there's so many factors here, you know, teams that are more diverse, much higher likelihood, um, to understand the target market, right. And the demographics of who they're selling to There's so many ways you can slice this. Um, uh, companies that are more diverse are paying more failure or, you know, um, retaining higher levels of talent than ever before uh, increased job satisfaction and right. increased performance overall. And so we're seeing it. I think, um, you know, being a data company is very interesting because, you know, we have social proof within our customer base through the data to, mm. to be able to share a little bit of that narrative and that story, bringing it back to sales. Right. Mm. Um, and so that social proof is very powerful. And, um, of course, there's other academic articles and things like that, you know, in the world of business. But um, as we think about go-to-market, uh, the social proof and the impact that um, our product is having uh, on our customers is, honestly, the proof is in the pudding.
1: Yeah, I would think this this aspect of storytelling uh, Correct. Well, for your yeah. team really becomes
0: so fertile. powerful. A,
1: it is one of the best stories to tell in many respects, right? Yeah. And... Yeah, I would think would be compelling for a lot of a lot of people assuming there's not yeah, completely close minded to this idea. I was just saying it's yeah, it's storytelling is so important in this is in this approach with the customers because, yeah, it's one of those are sort of real clear cut stories that you can tell people that should attract their interest.
0: Yeah. And move them. It's, right. it's so powerful. Um like That's transparently what, what moved me um, to join and, and to be part of the mission. And I probably could have chosen um, a, a, pass, a path, least resistance, but this is an ex- exciting opportunity to really make change. And I feel like the product we have is really awesome uh, and, and making meaningful milestones uh, within the, the customer base. And so, yeah, to be able to solve the go-to-market um, and come up with the go-to-market here is probably the most fun I've ever had so far in
1: my professional career. So, yeah, what are you doing in that regard that's that's perhaps a little different? I mean, because it's, it's, yeah, as we talked about before, it's not like a yeah, marketing automation tool or sales automation sure, tool. It's not a
0: plug and play playbook, right? Not, I'm, not, not I'm not plug not, and
1: play, and companies no. have to make a real commitment to it uh, across the board, not just within one organization or another.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, listen, at, at a high level, there's a lot of the fundamentals um, that I can model off of other businesses that I've worked for or work that I've done. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, good operational rigor, building out a formal sales process, like those are just some of the basics, right? Defining our marketing funnel, thinking about how we're going to use ad spend and all those things. But I think where the, um, how we're going to educate our sales teams and our CS teams, where the, the difference here is it is in that storytelling. And so as I think about the go-to-market model, I have to have a layer of, I don't want to call it sensitivity, but a layer of um how I'm telling this story. And, mm-hmm. you know, cause you really want it to appeal to the broadest and biggest audience. And, and right. that's probably the interesting challenge um that I'm in right now on, on the go-to-market side. And so it's everywhere from how we market through paid ads and, you know, how we host and facilitate events and um, how we show up because uh, we need to walk the walk. Right. And so, and people look to us to be the experts. So being very um, I would say slower to action on some of that stuff and being more diligent, um, we're, we're, in other companies, I probably would have been quicker to A/B test messaging and quicker to just put stuff out there and see what's stuck. This is a little bit different because it's a little more sensitive, and you want to get it closer to right the first time, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I was also where you're talking, I was thinking about um, yeah, your are hiring yes. is yeah certain yeah sensitivities you have to pay attention because you have to again you have to walk the walk, right? You have to be a model, right? And you have so, to be a model. yeah.
0: I, yeah, I mean, I came in, um, I've been six weeks in the role, which has been incredible. And, and the first five up until this week has been combing through every piece. And I would have done this in any company, combing through everything we've done in go-to-market, Right. checking through the product, getting on customer calls, like going through our messaging, our positioning, everything, sales training, onboarding, um, all the marketing stack, how we position ourselves in the market. And so now it's about weaving the new narrative and, and building out incrementally through the customer journey what this sort of new positioning is going to look like. And then also taking stock internally. Um, you know, who have we hired um, who are we going to hire and, and how are we walking the walk and the way that we show up in the world um, in the DEI space and um, how we show up to our employees internally. Both of those things are just as equally important.
1: Yeah, and I would think in this environment too is, is in terms of attracting talent is that there aren't many products that we sell certainly from a software perspective where you can really say We're having an impact, a positive impact on, yeah, on the broader, a broader world than just, hey, we're improving sales or almost sort of mission driven, I imagine, for some of the people that you're hiring.
0: 100%. And it's yeah. funny because, I mean, you know, this as well as I do. And, and I do some early stage investing and, you know, I've worked for early stage companies. Any company does this. If they're a good SaaS company, the mission, it's all about the mission, right? The missions everywhere. When you onboard, it's all about the mission. It's so important. And in every scenario, the mission, of course, is important, but, um, the mission here is fundamentally different. We want to create, you know, more diverse, equitable and inclusive workplaces everywhere in the world. And so that mission alone gives me goosebumps. It's what I find a lot of our talent uh, looks to join us. Um, and we've been able to, to source and find, I'm, I'm just closing some really interesting roles now, some of the best talent in North America and even Europe. We we have a, a hub in Europe. Mm-hmm. And we're very lucky. And when people are mission driven, I mean, you know, this, mm-hmm. um, they are committed and yeah. we'll retain them. And, you know, they want to be part of the change that's being created. And I think that speaks back to sort of that generation that they want to be part of change. And I'm finding there's two big things right now when I talk to to certain folks and right. probably junior roles, but it's climate change yep. and DEI. Not to say those are the only two world problems right now. We know there's way more, but um, they're very passionate about those things. And the fact that we're one of two things that I find a lot of folks I'm talking to feel very passionate about and are looking to align their professional careers to, I feel fortunate. I think that puts us
1: in an advantage for talent. Interesting question for me is, is so how do, you, how do you screen for that commitment? Yeah. Right? You because, know, it, I mean. It, it's
0: tough. And so we, you know, I'm, I'm very hands on right now. I mean, being an early stage company, I think most um, senior leaders are, but a couple things. I mean, one, we organically are attracting people who are looking for a company like us. Mm-hmm. And so when they see a role, um, you know, a lot of the conversations are, you know, I, I was applying to a few companies and I'm in conversations with a few companies, but this is the company I want to work for and where I'm most aligned. And so I think, you know, and you and I shared off, off um, recording, um, it is, it's a, t- a tough market right now. It's an interesting talent market. And so yeah. I came from a company that everybody knew who I was, um, Shopify, this brand, we right. have thousands of applicants to a, a series A startup where, People know who I am personally, but not the company. And um, I think I'm at a i think I'm at an advantage, I should say. When um, now I'm getting influx of applicants because of the mission, um, and so it's not really the brand that's that's driving them in. It's what we're all about and what we're trying to do and the problem we're solving. So it's a really interesting place to be.
1: It is. And thinking back on my own career, it's like I've never had anything remotely equivalent in terms of, of mission-driven. I mean, sometimes you think, okay, well, certain things are doing that. I mean, probably the closest thing is what I'm doing now in terms of just the passion about bringing the human element to selling, which I certainly consider a mission. But yeah, for most people they don't have that opportunity. Or mm-hmm. if they had the opportunity well, I'd say maybe they don't even have the opportunity. I mean, it's like often are there products or services that, that are really sort of geared toward this. And I think it's, you always talk about it, you you to be passionate about the product you sell. And it's like, sure. that's not realistic. I mean, you can have some sense of, of mission, but I think for most people it's like, yeah, I want to be fulfilled, and I want to do something that's fun. But
0: yeah, I want to work with smart people, right? That's like the usual people, thing. I want to work am for I, the product.
1: It might change in the world. Yeah, not likely.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's that's been incredibly fun, and yeah. again, different challenges, right? Like coming into a new gig, um, owning full customer journey, totally different ball game. Um, but then you add the layer of. Um, having sort of this this mission driven culture and this mission driven um, company and it's it's been it's been really rewarding. And so I, we're just getting started. And look out Andy. Look out.
1: Yeah. Look out. Look out for Diversio. <laughs> um, well so a question B is you know, in this type of environment it's a broad question, but is you know, does it make you feel more optimistic about the world in general?
0: I mean, yes, um, it does for me personally. I can't, you know, listen, this isn't going to resonate with everyone. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Of course, that is, that is the world we live in and it's beautiful. But yeah, I mean, I I genuinely think that, um, you know, I, I worked for several companies, large and small, and, you know, I would identify as somebody in that category of diversity as a woman. And I think that, in the last six, seven years, we've seen a lot bigger movement on this this initiative. Mm-hmm. But I think now, um, with pouring some gas and accelerating this, I think it's going to create really great environments and cultures for companies. And I think it's going to shift fundamentally for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are going to feel really good about the work that they're doing and the place that they're doing it. And yeah, I mean, it, it's fulfilling.
1: Yeah, I think if more people can feel empowered to be themselves in the workplace and bring as this best version of themselves to work. Yeah. People feel more engaged, hopefully at work, uh, more empowered, especially if they're working with a manager who's similarly inclined because yeah, those engagement statistics I think are still pretty persistent. Um, yes.
0: And by the way, the world, the dis-
1: disengagement it. statistics, that's would based are still yeah, better, yeah. uh Yeah. I think when I saw most recent was last week was 44% of employees are disengaged at work. Yeah. And yeah, in some cases, maybe because their work environment uh, isn't great. But I think the numbers haven't changed that much since the pre-pandemic. I saw, which I think was they've
0: gotten worse.
1: worse. They've gotten yeah. worse, but I think I saw forty percent before the pandemic. So
0: wow,
1: still okay. a big number, regardless. Yeah, right? still
0: a big number. And and you know, I you know this. Everyone sort of listening would know this, but you know, the world doesn't look one way and. Mm-hmm. Who buys and who sells and who you interact with. And they don't look one way. And so, yeah. you know, companies should represent themselves to who their, who their consumers are and their customers are and create space to attract those types of people to, again, know how to engage with their core and target audience better and understand where they're coming from and um, create really incredible workplaces. And so, yeah, it is a, it is a really interesting topic of discussion. Um, I think I'm an optimist. So oh, I think, me you know, I, I slide on the scale of I really do believe in in what's going on and, and the product. And, you know, we're not the only ones out there um, on this mission. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be an incredible, you know, decade ahead of change. And I look forward to that. Good.
1: Yeah, me too. So if people want to connect with you and learn more about Diversio, how would they, how can they do that?
0: Yeah, you can go to the website, Diversio.com. Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn, Daniela mm-hmm. Belair on uh, LinkedIn. Please message and uh, feel free to engage and follow along on the journey. And if you are looking for a career in hyper growth, software, SaaS startup, uh, you know where to find me. And I'd Mission love to talk to you. Hyper growth. Mission driven, hyper growth. There we go.
1: Yeah. All right, Daniela. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Good to see you again. Good to see you again. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. As always, I'm so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank our guest, Danielle Belair, for sharing her insights with us today. And as always, thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.